You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. The first rule of after the show is you can't speak about after the show. What's the second rule? You can't speak about after the show. Okay, so let's go home. That's that's the after the show number ninety nine. Thanks for joining us, Goodbye. everyone. Okay, so this is after the show number ninety nine. There will be no punches thrown. I'll have you know. I will right be now. punching Sid Talk halfway through the um, proceedings in the face. Good luck with that. <laughs> I, nothing you could do if I decided to punch you in the face. You want to make a bet? You wouldn't be able to. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to take me on. Oh my god! All right, let's sell this now. You <laughs> Let's get our pieces of meat into our low fake punches. All right. Pow! It's good right. that you have that uh, that delusion in your mind because every man should have that thought that oh, I, if I had to, I could take this person because you know you couldn't. I could take you <laughs> in a wrestling match or a bare knuckle fighting match. <laughs> All right. So, oh my god! So anyway, I'll wrestle with you, but it has to be naked. <laughs> With some romantic music playing. Can, we, bo- can we both have mustaches when we do that? <laughs> if that's what does it for you, I'm there. All right. So, see, there you go. You couldn't, you couldn't grow a mustache. So I win. All right. So Sunday, December the 6th, 2009. Is it really the 6th already? Uh-huh. Let me just consult the calendar. <laughs> you have a calendar on the wall right yes, there. Yes, it is the 6th. Okay. Sunday, December the 6th, 2009. Uh... It's almost over, 2009. It's after the show number 99. And this week we're looking at... And I know I said last week we were looking at the Inglorious Bastards, which would have been fine by me. It's funny that I have no recollection of that, so that's I don't know that anyone else would. But that will be next week. So this week we're actually looking at the movie Fight Club on Blu-ray. Uh, it's the 10th anniversary edition, and I, I couldn't believe that Fight Club was 10 years old when I looked at the cover. I was like, yeah. really? Because I remember... Seeing it for the first time, you know? Doesn't seem like 10 years ago. Anyway, this is a Blu-ray disc. It's from our friends at Fox. It will be released on Blu-ray on Tuesday the 17th of November. That's about a month ago. Yeah, I was going to say, November. My Um, brain was going like, November, November, November. And it's the 10th anniversary edition. The first time on Blu-ray. First time in high def, actually. And you're going to tell us what it's about. Oh, dear. Okay, I'll tell you, uh, there's two ways of looking at this one. From a, from a, I don't want to say male and female perspective, because that's sexist, but that is what it is. It's about a crazy man who has delusions of being part of this consumer world that has basically drained the life out of him, and he has to somehow bring himself back to life. Um, Before we start here, are we going to go into a spoiler territory at all in this podcast? Because if we are, we should say now, probably. <clears throat> I mean, this movie's ten years old, remember? True. But the thing is, if you hadn't seen it, that's the zinger. Mm-hmm. So, I hadn't planned on saying that. My little what, um, what I'm getting at, would it be hard to talk about this movie without saying certain things? I don't think so. All right, then. Let's carry on. I mean, if you slip, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Carry on, um, So, he has to find some identity outside of this catalog world as you would describe it where he's bought into the consumerism I define myself by the things around me he, his job is boring and stupid and lame and somewhere in his mind something happens where he can't 
go along with that anymore. And it's just like a statement of how people are sheep and will follow anything. And when you look at our society as a whole, you think, oh my god, we're all just a bunch of zombies following all this bullshit rules. You try to break off and do something individual and unique, and then what happens? People start following that Mm -hmm. because they're sheep. Not because you're unique or special or different or anything. Which is why this film is actually clever in a way, because... (laughs) It's, it's anti consumerism. It's anti and it becomes a consumerist thing in its own of right course, because yeah. of the 10th anniversary. Everyone involved, they're not like altruistic uh, charity living on the street kind of people. They're all extremely wealthy, totally part of and the I'm not culture. just I'm, I'm not just saying about that. I'm just saying that it became such a big movie. Yeah. It gets re released over because and over. Because it has created because its own a, following of zombies. Yeah, it's, it's sheepish oh. people that buy it and buy into it as so well. So that's why it's interesting. So I'm not sure that I'd give you a full thing there, but that's... And other people go would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not what this movie's about at all. It's about fucking fighting and punching the yeah, shit out of each other. Yeah, some people would say that, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it has its share of fighting and punching the shit out of each other. Correct. But I don't think that is actually the point. Mm. No, I, don't, I really don't think that's the point. There are people in the world, right, who have watched this movie, but they fast-forward through all the talking parts. Yes. So they can see it would the fighting, be a totally different movie, wouldn't it? Porn. Yeah. If you just put the fighting parts together and just ignore them. Or play the movie with some kind of musical soundtrack Mm -hmm. and just watch it. The Benny Hill theme would be perfect. (laughs) No, no, that's... That's a Barnum Circus. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever. It's It's close. That's it. it. All right. I've seen lots of Benny Hill, obviously. (laughs) So basically, your opinion of any movie cannot be trusted. (laughs) No. Your mind is saturated with Benny Hill. Anyway, uh, Fight Club's 10 years old. It's David Fincher. How would you describe this movie? Let's flip it around. I've given my interpretation. Just like that. I would describe it about uh, psyche, state of mind, um, um, about a mass, how people are strung along by things. Right. That Um, our life is designed for us by the things that we're supposed to purchase. Was this after The Matrix or before? After. Was it? Matrix was Around 96, the same... wasn't it? 97? 99, I thought the Matrix was. And if this is 10 years old, so was it. So this was 2000... Yeah, about the same time then. Close. They were being made at the same time, probably. Anyway. I mean, it's, it's not a unique idea that we're trapped mm. in this stupid... Like like a like a rat circle, or like a rat wheel in a rat cage hamster wheel. That there's, that's all you're and doing. And then there are people... You're making who, money and you're spending money and you're making money and you're spending money. And there are people who break out of it and there are people Office who, Space is another example. Same kind of idea. There's you actually vibes of... Um, there's some scenes in Fight Club that remind me of Office sure, Space. Sure. Like, um, you know... Maybe that's what inspired him. Where his boss comes and... You know, the the reaction from the Edward Norton character is very... Yeah, like... Uh, like, I don't give a fuck. Exactly. I don't care what you say. I don't... I'm not really listening to you. And you can just go away and... If you're going to fire me or whatever. Mm. Whatever. I don't care. I gave up. You know? I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. Which is, you know, is, but not as comedic. Let's say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> There's more blood involved. So no, I would say it's a statement of consumerism, also mental health, also... Do you feel like it's a hopeless thing that no matter what you do in life, you're always going to be following something? You can never be a unique. No, I don't think individual. you can. I think it's impossible because you, yeah, you're all whatever you're into. Even if you're, you know, one of the 
What are those people called who don't do anything on the grid at all? I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, though. yeah. Like those people. Yeah, make, but then they're they're still following that not being on the correct. Grid thing. They're fo- they've joined a group in and of themselves. Yeah. So Fight Club, it's a club you can join to fight. That's not what it's all about, but right on its surface, it's a club that you can join to fight. And in this movie, you see how something becomes bigger than itself. Like things do now in general, mm-hmm. you know, any just any little thing today where you can't even grasp why the Jonas Brothers is like... <laughs> I'm just saying an example. Why everybody talks about it. Twilight. Or why it's so... What happened? Like, what, yeah. how did something... And that's what Fight Club is. Like, it's a little thing and then everybody in the world... It's the... Yeah, and then the question is, do people belong to it because of what it is, or because they want to belong to anything? You know? Yeah, exactly. We're just sheep. God. I fucking hate that. So, <laughs> But here I am with my Christmas decorations. Yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not a Christian. No. <laughs> and yet, I like Christmas trees and Santa Clauses and wrapping packages, and is that, do I need to shake that off because I don't want to belong to that, or do I thoroughly enjoy it, or is it just drummed into my mind? What is it? Exactly. You, you're following Oh, something. I'm losing my mind. I'm you're following to just, <laughs> I'm done. So anyway, what I was getting at was Fight Club, uh, 10 years old, David Fincher film. I remember seeing it 10 years ago, because we saw it when it first came out, and I was blown away by it. I thought it was unique, not like anything I'd ever seen at that time, because, yeah, we hadn't seen The Matrix yet. You know, mm-hmm. idea-wise. It's a, it's a cool idea. It's a really cool idea. Um, 10 years later... It's actually more awesome than I thought it was. Exactly, me too. Because I saw it on a different, I saw it in a different way this time. It's and that's really weird because, yes, this is a movie with a kind of a secret or a kicker or something like that. Uh, not spoiling, it, not no. doing the spoiler, but there's a there's information that if you knew beforehand. Don't go too far. What I'm saying is, there's information if you knew beforehand, you would see it differently. Yeah, of course. So I obviously knew that information this time. So I looked at it. I've watched The Sixth Sense twice. More than twice. Don't spoil that one either. I, I am not. I am not. <laughs> I, I understand that. I am not. I am um, seeing The Sixth Sense and it, it's totally different the second time you watch it because you watch it from a different perspective. And this is the same thing. Exactly the same thing. But from this perspective, I enjoyed it more. Knowing. Yes. Because more things sunk in. Like... When I didn't know what the thing was, I I, see, I felt like I missed missed a lot of stuff. And then you want to rewind Detailed in your mind, stuff. really through the yeah. whole thing, going, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, wait, I want wait. to see that part again, or I want to see if that. Was Not something. only knowing that, like having the whole of the story. Also, ten years later, you've gone from being a dude in a little apartment with a few things, to. Us as a couple owning a home, having, you know what I mean? Like expanding our sort of consumer base that we, our consumerism, our little, we've staked our plot in the yeah. consumer world of, you know what I mean? And Buying you start going, it's true. Fuck, we have to buy desks and we have to get carpet for the kitchen and then you buy stuff for your garage and you buy a fucking lawnmower and, you know, I mean, we don't, you know, do, and we don't do fancy trendy stuff, but then you, that, the idea of this movie kicks in. And the one line that I particularly love, amongst many, is after a while, the things you own 
own, own you. you. And it's Which completely is true. true. It's not even a little bit true. It's 100% It's absolutely true. true. In fact, think of it. Think of how many people in the world country today are actually a slave to the cell phone. Oh, yeah. That is in the hand 24 hours a day. They fiddle. It, but that's not a that's not the thing. That's the what it does for But you. it's something they own. I'm talking about things like whether your desk is the hottest, fanciest thing or whether your clothes are the hottest, fanciest thing. Just objects that but do I, nothing. But things as well. Well, I, I think of it as yeah, but a cell everything phone, that you want. But a cell phone like does a things. Right. And that does something. But I'm talking about just stuff. Like he's talking about when I bought a couch, I thought it was the defining moment of um, this is it. I've, I've yeah. become an adult. And it's nothing. It's a couch. Correct. And yet we think that way. Oh, well, I was just... Uh, just uh, Describing to my nephew last week, like, oh, you know, in the order of... Per- I've been able to map out my life in the order of big things I've purchased. I was and able most to people buy my little car. And then the first big furniture I ever bought was our couch, which we still have, by the way, after seven or eight years. Um, then I bought the washer and dryer. Then we bought a house. You know what I mean? You measure out... And the, what like does that the, mean? Just like the like, poster from Trainspy. Yes, yes. Trainspy is another one. Yeah. To a whole different... Around the same time. But the same topic. is probably older than Fight Club, though. Our generation, we're like, um... Is it vetted? What's the word for it? Like, suppressed rebels. We know the truth about life, and yet we all just fall into the same traps. One of the... When you say the quotes that in this movie... There's tons of quotes in this movie, but one of the quotes that I really like is where he says about... Where Brad Pitt's doing the speech thing to the Fight Club. And he says about... God, I've just gone blank. I hate that. <laughs> about oh man, I'm blank. You're not special to... or unique. You're just a no, not that decaying organism like everything else, which I love, and that happens to be on the box as well. But that's a good. That's my philosophy of life. Yeah, death is right around the corner. <laughs> like no matter what you do, I know that sounds really cheery, but it actually makes my life extremely vibrant. What is the thing? Is what the thing? Oh god, I'm totally. I hate that. I'm you'll totally think of ba- it. No, I won't think of it because you'll say stuff, and I, and I would have to go quiet. For I can my, stop talking. No, it's not going to work <laughs> on a podcast. Anyway, the, yeah, there's loads of quotable lines um, all the way through, pretty much. That's probably why it's such a popular movie. I mean, it has ideas greater than the movie itself, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and you want to think, like I was saying before, you want to think that that's Fincher's point of view on life and blah, blah, blah. And then you turn around and you go, wait a minute, this guy's making hundreds of millions of dollars and probably buying fancy cars and hundreds fancy... Hundreds of millions of dollars. Sure. You At this hope. point? Yeah. It's going to be all over the entire world, sold in like every country. Imagine. Yeah. Every poster, every bar of soap that's made like the Fight Club soap that's in every little shop or whatever. I've never seen it. a... Interestingly enough... What? I was surprised that the... B- PR people didn't send us a bar of soap. That's no, what I'm going to say. I've never seen a Fight Club bar of soap. It'd be an excellent um, memorabilia thing, but I've never seen one. I, I would have thought, it, not just a PR thing. Not, got some extra. Not just a PR thing to send. <laughs> a um, Something that could come with a 20th anniversary in the box. Sure. Like, you know, but no, I've never seen one. I've got some extra um, fat on my thigh. Yeah, well, like anyway, anyway uh, explaining this on the uh, soap isn't important because... Brad Pitt's character makes some soap, makes soap out of human fat. Right. And then it, I, I love that line too, where he says, "We're selling yeah, rich uh, ladies. Ri- you know, we're selling soap back to we're selling women's fat asses back to them. Kind like of rich women's fat asses back to them. Yeah, which <laughs> exactly. But I don't think I don't think there is any soap with human uh, liposuction fat in it. Could be. Probably There's one chef guy fat. who cooks with human fat. 
Oh. I'm not kidding. Look it up. Is that on Food Network? No, I heard it on something, on a podcast. Oh, on a vegan podcast where they were talking about what, what kind of line does that cross? Do they have a problem with it or not? Right. Because it's human fat. I have a problem with it. Is it exploited or not? <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem with it. Anyway, um, so yeah, this movie, ten years later, to me, is actually more awesome. It's actually awesome. I think it's the kind of movie you should watch and then watch again, like, the week after or something, just to... Because there is two ways of experiencing it, at least. And there's more than that, probably, because it's detailed. Like any David Fincher movie, and we said it before, like, Seven, Panic Room, even, Fight Club. Uh, it is Fight Club. Uh, Zodiac. He's missed a detail. Like, it's not detail in, like, the script or anything like that. It's detail in, like, the set dressing and the lighting and the sound design. That was one thing I wanted to mention. The Blu-ray is excellent, I think, in general. Because mm-hmm. um, it, it's an older movie. I mean, ten years ago isn't exactly old, but it's an older movie. But, jeez, the sound is good. There's a one scene with an aircraft... Um, Issue. Yeah. <laughs> that is, like... You go, oh, like that. Yeah, like, yeah, a bit, yeah. like, flint, like, oh, my God. And, and another, I felt like clenching myself up and placing Like, it's myself. so loud. But like that situation would be. I mean, we're listening to it on a fairly loud volume. Cause we, fairly loud. You could probably hear it outside. Yeah. But that's the way, to me, it's right. And this sure. movie wasn't like last week's movie. It was mixed perfectly. Like, you got to hear everything. And that's what I like. I mean, that's what Blu-ray's about, right? Experiencing the for movie. For you, yes. Experiencing the movie yeah. properly. Like, I mean, the uh, audio in this movie, and there's actually an extra which we'll talk about later about the audio, was paid more care to Lovingly, than yes, yeah. I think, yeah. So, and it does Crafted, come Crafted, in a way. And there's one thing I've never experienced from a soundtrack in a movie, and I said to you, and it's something small. There's a scene where... Uh, Helena Bonham Carter's character is having sex and we're at the perspective from we're in the downstairs room and they're upstairs and it literally sounded like somebody was upstairs in our house banging on the floor right which I don't know how it's done because our speakers are not near the ceiling they're down right but the actual roof I was like that is crazy like so yeah there was some good shit going on you're enveloped if I can use that totally totally the car crash thing, the plane issue, the, the yeah, all the punches. Fights. Yeah, it's cra- it's perfect for blue. It's a good Blu-ray um, showcase thing because it's audio mainly. But I mean, and and oh, this is another thing I wanted to mention. I made a mental note of this while we were watching it. This movie makes me feel dirty, like it's filthy. Like oh yeah, in the house with everything. the nasty it's, water and they're and drinking the, clothes, the coffee and you are, think yeah, it's wow, filthy. you're drinking you're just, that I shit? feel like I want to they're take a walk. out of like dirty dishes and it's nasty. Yeah, and like she comes down uh, f- for breakfast and gargles some cold coffee out of a cup <laughs> in the sink. Oh god! Oh. But and and the that's the detail the t- the dirty clothes that they wear because they are living in like a squatter house. Squat house, yeah. Most of the movie, which is really gross, um, and I just feel the because because yeah. Fincher um, you feel the rot yeah Fincher but in this movie in particular and it's he uses lighting really minimally so it's like real dark and dingy especially the fight sequences and it just 
it just makes it reek of filth. I, I, I almost can smell it like it's horrible. Like, you know, and then there's the contrast to that, the Ikea-style yeah. world that's Where it starts. separate to the Fight Club world, you know. So I think it worked well. You know, like when we, last week we were talking about Michael Mann and the different HD camera work and all yeah. that kind of stuff, how it didn't really... This kind of does, because, yes, there's this clinical thing at the beginning and then this gross kind of anarchistic world which is what it chaos, essentially is, yeah. isn't it? It's chaos. So, like shedding all of these pretenses we have about how our lifestyle is supposed to be, with perfectly painted walls and yeah. clean everything, and you know, like who decided that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and you know, you, and then the idea of this movie to like for somebody to shed all the worldly possessions and shed everything and just experience life—that is also a. Th- if you subscribe to that, that's also something to f- follow if you think about it. Yes. Because people do. Like that's do another it. club you can join. Yeah, another club. <laughs> the club of yeah. we don't have anything and we just kind of... Right, and in that club there are rules. Yeah. Like, if you decide you're going to shed all your goodness, right, and then all your goods, and then say you go and you're hanging with the people, they're like, yeah, fuck everybody who buys all this shit, man, we're not going to buy a house or have all this or whatever, and then you come in and you happen to have your MP3 player in your pocket, whatever kind you have, and they're going to give you shit. Yeah. You don't own that, man, but you're like, yeah, it's just, you know, my mom gave it to me or something. You can't. You have to follow their rules. You can never just shed everything and be... You know what I mean? Like, so let's say on the server, this movie is called Fight Club. Yes, it contains fighting. <laughs> yes, it isn't a. It's not. It's not the kind of story like you would think. Like, it's not a club about fighting, and then there's some cool fights. That's not what it is. But it is that as well. <laughs> so it's hard to explain, isn't it? Because it's a real. Hmm. It's a split personality. Would you say it's got a split would personality? Would you say it's ex- existential? Hmm. In its content, it's a bit strong, but. You're getting, it's getting close. It's close, isn't Chaos it? Chaos is the idea, but it's not talking about the meaninglessness of life, necessarily. But, but it, wanting some chaos to bring everybody back to, you know. And No, that was... The, oh, I've just thought of it. The thing that Brad Pitt said. It's that our generation doesn't have anything mm. to define us. Like, you know, there, there was people of the last... You know, who had the World War Two or some heroic thing... There's nothing to define us, and what defines us is things. What we buy, what we look yeah, like. Yeah, I, I really like that idea. And then I was trying to think, yeah, what really does define us? Consumerism. What memorable thing is there? Stuff. It really is. Yeah. That's like a, and like an electronics revolution, and like things got invented, and people bought stuff. Because in our age, we're at the tail end of the 70s, growing up in the 80s, where that... I mean, depending on your life circumstance and your place on the planet, obviously there's going to be a difference. But yeah, I thought I that was one of my favorite. identified with that one too. But yeah, I identify with lots of it, don't you? I mean, that's the reason it's a cool movie. Um, so let's go on to the cast of the this fine movie. I've put down there's a lot of people in the movie, but there's a, obviously a few <laughs> yeah. good ones. Uh, Brad Pitt plays uh, Tyler Durden, who it's a over the top kind of character. It's very, it's 12 very monkeys, Brad Pitt. Twelve monkeys guy, it is 12 but monkeys not guy, isn't that it? far gone. Yeah, and he talks about the same stuff too. We're consumers, man. We're consumers. Yeah, you gotta does, consume yeah. shit. Consume stuff. Maybe that's just something that Brad Pitt <laughs> likes to introduce. You know, <laughs> and he probably consumes a lot of stuff. I'm sure he does. He lives in Africa now. That's his home. Very nice. So 
maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's the kind who doesn't. Maybe. You know? But there again, he's always... He always has a Rolex on, and he's always... We saw him with that spike thing. He had a Rolex on. Yeah. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying? So he does concede. Hypocrites! Yeah. So, (laughs) it's a really good Brad Pitt performance, I think. It's very Brad Pitt. Yeah, it's that crazy... He like, rubs when his head and he flicks his hand and yeah. stuff. That's very, to me, that's very Brad Pitt. I, I was watching... I was, the scene where he, where he was having sex with Eleanor Bonham Carter and the door got opened and he had yellow washing up gloves <laughs> one, on. One, <laughs> yeah, made, one rubber gloves I was like, like, whose idea was that? Was that him? Because like, that's kind of like... It <laughs> just that, just that one thing puts so many things into your head. You're like... Because just as the door opens, you hear him go, ow! Yeah. And then he opens the door and he's With got a washing up rubber glove and naked. And you're yeah. Like, and you, yeah, just that one. I was thinking it was the idea of that. It might have been him because it's just like... <laughs> Ew. It takes that scene to another place, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, Brad Pitt. It's a Brad Pitt performance. I actually like him a lot. Um, I don't think he's a one-trick pony like most people say because I've seen Babel, which I think he was exceptional in. And one of my favorites, actually, Babel. Um, you know, I don't think he's a one-trick Not pony. at all. I think he's no. extremely versatile. I don't care what anybody says. And Benjamin Button. There's another Fincher movie. Correct. It was Adventure. Correct. Right. Yeah. With Brad. Brad Not Lee. one of my favorites, but I didn't dislike it. It wasn't one of my favorites either, but I did our problem, appreciate it. Our problem was, was very the, superficial. Yeah. But I did appreciate it. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was an epic The idea tale. is brilliant, I think. Yeah. So, but when... Yeah. Edward Edward Norton plays the the narrator in this movie. Fabulous. Um, I love Edward Norton. I think he's an underrated... Not used... You know, he's in stuff. But not a lot of stuff. That's his choice, probably. Yeah. I mean, we saw him in The Hulk recently. And I... You know, it's just The Hulk... But I think he did a good job in the Hulk, to be honest. But there again, that other Hulk. He's got an not... intensity about him. Has he ever been? He's been in one comedy, right? With uh, yeah, that ben one. Ben Stiller. Yeah, which was kind of funny. Whatever. I kind of like that. I've never seen that one. Was he ever in any other comedy, lighthearted? Kind not of that things? I know. Because everything's yeah. like Twenty Fifth Hours, heavy duty, and American American History, History X is heavy duty. I mean, we're not talking about a guy who does a lot of like. Maybe when he gets in his sixties and seventies, he'll be like Robert De Niro and, and start do doing family these... comedies. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Edward Norton. I, I actually like his performance the best in the entire movie. Even though most people would probably say Brad Pitt, but I actually like Edward Norton. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. You know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a real deep unraveling kind of thing. I mean, he goes from one place to yeah, another, yeah, totally. at, subtly all the way through. Um, then is Helena Bonham Carter. I was called Helen Bonham Carter. No, it's <laughs> Helena Bonham Carter as Marla Singer who I'm not 100% like her most of the time in things that I see. But in this one, I really thought she fit. Yeah, because you know what? I watched her a lot more closely this time. And you could take her as the sort of like unraveled, you know, black eye makeup kind of funny hair. And she's, you know, dark and suicidal or whatever. Mm -hmm. And take that all face value and not notice the very subtle, delicate, like... um, like brokenness that she does between like between some words and the looks that she does and her little like she'll take a br- I don't know how to describe it but this time I saw you know that's all a front she's putting her character is doing this thing because she doesn't know how to be and inside she's just like the sensitive kind of I don't know maybe I'm reading more into it but so I, I, I thought I'm, she was really good yeah I'm not 100% there's movies where I've absolutely it not borderlines liked it. pretentious sometimes with her sort of overly actress um, 
I just thought it fit in this case. Yes, it does. Because that's what... This, it, that character being so out of sorts fits in here. Because, you know, the movie starts off with Edward Norton not being able to sleep, going to, what do you call those Support things? groups. Support groups just for... For to, things to that are not something. wrong with them. Yeah, and <laughs> I laughed because he, he's reading out a list of ones he goes to and one was Sickle Cell Anemia right. Club, which... As far as I understand, only black people... Um, no, not only. Mostly. I think so, but yeah. So, you know, it was just a weird... And there, there was... He, so the guy, he goes to these funny... Well, not funny. Cancer clubs. He calls it a cancer club at one point. Different things. Just to feel something or be a part of something, which is another It's the old thing. thing where you watch something horrific about other people to make you feel better about yourself. Yeah. And that's what he, he says even... The less I say, the more they think my story is more tragic. So they, yeah. they give me more affection. And, yeah, they just and that's how he meets her, because she's doing the same thing. Yeah. Another, what did he call her? A tourist. Tourist, yeah. So, um, thir- uh, last uh, what I written down here was Meatloaf as uh, Bob. Um, he's not... I, I like his performance, actually. Because it's another needy... You know, I, yeah. I don't want to say what he is, but he's like a needy... You know, he plays it really well. lost. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and then the other person I wanted to mention was Jared Leto, who's in there with a the blonde-haired guy who... Has who a, is he? He's uh, from Requiem for a Dream and the main guy in Requiem for a Dream. And Alexander... Right. The yeah. okay, because I can. I, re- I actually, thinking, I actually like him quite a lot. He's also a. Um, he's got his own band. He's like a top forty artist. But um, I like him quite a lot. I don't, I don't think he was a big deal in this movie. He didn't really. No, no. I mean, yes, he plays a little part. The only thing is, at one point, Ed Morton says after a particular fight, I just wanted to destroy something beautiful. And that's kind of his point. What he is kind <laughs> his of his place yeah. is to be yeah. the cute blonde young guy, even though beautiful yeah. boy. Yeah, so, you know, and then... And then he's not. No. It's kind of... It's good. That's good. Creepy looking. Yeah, so, directed by David Fincher, who we mentioned earlier, Benjamin Button, Zodiac, Panic Room, The Game, which I saw recently, which I really enjoyed. I'd not even seen it until about six months ago. Seven, and Alien 3. I like Alien 3. I like all those movies, to be honest. That's why I say I'm a fan of David Fincher, because I like all his stuff. Even Panic Room, which... I'm not sure if it was as good as you might remember. I, rem- I remembered enjoying it a lot. It's know. a little too hand-fed stuff. Yeah. The girl is sick, doesn't have her medicine. Oh my god, we got to get out and get I it. I enjoyed it a lot, though, because I like the idea of people having a Panic Room, which I thought was like absolutely like, oh, really? And then found out, you know, that is a real right. thing. People do have a Panic Room, which... Interestingly enough, there's a panic room in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. There's a mission where you have to get into somewhere with a panic room and get somebody out. There was a panic room in a book that I just read. One of the two books I've read in the last 20 years. (laughs) That horror movie, uh, City of the Dead. So, um, moving on to the uh, Blu-ray of uh, Fight Club. It comes in this cool slipcover, which I really like. Um, It's the um, kind of in the soap the colour of the soap, the Fight Club logo, and then it opens up. Uh, it's like a gatefold sleeve. With my, I would say my favourite quote. Yeah, it opens up with the quote, you are not a beautiful and unique snowflake, you are the same decaying organic matter as everything else. Um, if you, if anybody out the there soap. doesn't think that's true, you're completely kidding yourself. Yeah, exactly. And it has the uh, soap on the back there. 
But then, and then, on, and then, when you take it out of this cool slipcover, it's just basically a. Um, I bet you can find soap like that. Yeah, I would. I would like a piece. All right. I so, mean, not legitimate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, here's, here's one thing I wanted to mention before we get onto the extras. Um, what? How do you feel about uh, the the new? I was going to say Blu-ray cases, but it's not just Blu-ray cases. It's uh, cases in general where media comes in. Um, This is one of them. Uh, You can't see it on the uh, radio, (laughs) fake radio, as uh, GPD would say. It's a recyclable... Is that what you call it? Is it recyclable? Well, I guess it is. Is it made out of recyclable stuff? I don't know exactly. But anyway, there's this new design of case. And this Blu-ray case is one. And there's also... I've had... Xbox 360 games recently that come like this and what they do is they cut out a bunch of plastic from the inside so there's less plastic now I read a thing about this the other day and not only does that make mean they have to use less plastic and it's an emissions thing it also means that they're lighter for shipping so it it actually saves them a bunch of money in shipping discs Um, I'm all for it now some people say that it makes the cases really flimsy and who cares but yeah if I had my way to put it all in a stupid little envelope who cares what it's in honestly yeah. really who cares now it's another one of those like I need a symbol of something bulky to look at to make me feel like I own something when in fact that disc in your hand is all and you don't even need that make every movie downloadable I don't need a box well, I'm so a, I'm they a, need to go a few steps further for me to be happy with the. I'm a fan of the box. I'm a fan of a box, but you know, if if that can save, I mean, it doesn't seem like much plastic. And to describe it, what we're saying is, when you open the box, where the disc goes, they've cut it like little pieces of pie, like a Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, it's exactly. got a bunch of triangles cut out, and on the flip side, it's got the symbol of recycling cut out like a stencil. So that's just less plastic. Plastic. Yeah. Uh, makes but the, let's it does really make ask the, the question, light. why do we even need a box for a movie on DVD? Well... Really? Well, we could put it in a little envelope and sell them like they that. They could be in little cardboard envelopes, but um, I guess this is how... Because imagine not making a box at all. Yeah. It'd be awesome. But anyway, uh, this is the one of the f- this is the first Blu-ray I've had with this new box. I I, I I'm happy with them. I'm, I see people complaining about them, saying I don't care about the environment. I just want a sturdy box. But nice. I think you're just being a selfish dick if you say that. <laughs> anyway, um, special features on this uh, 10th anniversary edition Fight Club is you get a commentary by David Fincher. And how many other commentaries? You get a commentary by David Fincher. Brad Pitt, Edward Norton, and Helena Bonham Carter. You get another commentary by the writers Chuck Patahanuk and Jim Huis. And then you get a technical commentary by Alex McDowell, Jeff Cronenworth, Michael Kaplan, and Kevin Hogg. So four full-length commentaries, all chronicling different things, you know, from mm-hmm. the actor's point of view, from the director's point of view, from the technical point of view, and from the writing point of view, which is... What more could you ask for, really, in terms of commentary? Um, now, the exclusive to Blu-ray, like the brand new features, because some were taken from the old DVD edition, which I also own, interestingly enough. Bought it when it came out. Um, so the new things are, it's a, a feature called a hit to the ear, which is the sound design guy, who's Ren Kleiss, goes through... You, you can kind of explain it. What? what well, he's you? just talking about how he makes... 
We were talking about earlier how the sound mixing seems like it comes from a more detailed... Some, I mean, it's really given a lot of thought. Yeah. And he's describing how, like in the car crash scene, for example, it's all in slow motion. So how did he... How do they get that sound? And he describes how he uses his keyboard. It's got synth sounds. And if you use this key or that key. He also describes how they get the sounds of the punches and the, you know, using dead carcasses of animals and uh, basement at Skywalker Ranch and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's then, really, I find it fascinating when someone is that into what they're doing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, not just Whereas somebody... we, you read up this week about why Public Enemy sounded like shit last week, and of course Michael Mann puts out a statement, put out a statement saying that's how we meant for it to sound. Bullshit. It's about chaos in sound. Was the kind of gist? Chaos, Ugh, whatever. But like, that that you could tell, even if it was meant to have some impact, it wasn't done well. At least from our ear point of view, you know. But this one, you just felt like every single scene, every step on a sidewalk every scrape that when this guy's describing he's really into it like yeah. really into it and I like and he's I like listening to him and this featurette's a little bit more than what we just said there because that's just the introduction mm-hmm. it also it also takes three key scenes from the movie and lets you experience them with like different types of audio like the finished cut and then like the foley cut which is like you li- you actually hear the you know, how they make the sound. Right, you right. hear it in kind of more of a raw fashion. So you can mix the sound yourself kind of thing. So, yeah, that's the uh, that's an exclusive feature. And the other exclusive feature is a flogging Fight Club feature, which was kind of crappy to me. I mean, yeah. it's like... Embarrassing. It's about the Spike... There's some kind of awards that Spike TV put on, like the best guy movies or some, some bullshit. And Brad Pitt... Edward Norton and David Fincher are there to give a speech as, you know, and that's it. Crazy Mel Gibson on a horse. Yeah, it might be worth just to see Crazy Mel Gibson on a horse, but he seemed kind of drunk. He did, actually. Yeah, he did, actually. (laughs) So, yeah, and and Brad Pitt was kind of like... But no, when when they did backstage that little where Mel Gibson came up saying something to them he was kind of like they just looked at him they like patted him on his hand and just like walked away from him (laughs) I I thought that was kind of telling I was kind of like yeah you know ten years ago it wouldn't have been that way no but now it is they're like you're dressed in a he had like a viking hat and he was truly looking like yeah messed up anyway uh, we didn't you, determine when this was but it was at their 10th anniversary so it was in the last so if you're a fan of watching Gibson Crazy Gibson, uh, he's in there. Um, so yeah, that's the flogging fight club. Feet. Well, I could have took it or leave it. There were some funny moments uh, of mm. them just writing the speech at, around a table, but it's real. It's throwaway, isn't it? Um, and then there's the another thing which is called the insomnia mode, which is really interesting, and you could spend literally all night messing with it. So it breaks down the movie in this menu into alphabetical A, a to Z. And then, so if you look under A, if you look under B, it'll have Brad Pitt and like Breaking Glass, and you can look and, at individual and things. Liposuction fat is one thing. You go there, and then it might have one or two options of what you want to look at. It might at just from be some thing. audio commentary about something, or it might be an actual full behind the scenes video, which isn't picture in picture, which is cool. It actually comes up full yes, screen. Yes, that's much better. And you literally, there's a lot of. You can sit there and just... Then that's why it's insomnia mode. As we said, it was a... 
insomniacs like to flick through yes. things and they like to be occupied for a yeah. long period of time. So it's a while it might sound like a not really of a much of a feature, it literally is the bulk of this disc because there's all kinds of things. You'll if you go through the whole thing, I'm sure you'll discover mm-hmm. stuff that we we didn't discover because we only went through portions. Um, and then this isn't uh, this is these are taken from other thing disappeared. These are taken from uh, the older DVD release, but they're still on there for the sake of completion. And there's behind-the-scenes vignettes with multiple angles and commentary, deleted and alternate scenes, trailers, TV and internet spots, a music video, promotional galleries, art galleries and more. And we went through them all, and they are what we just said. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing... The art for the costumes is cool. And the deleted scene, what we watched, was just like a... There's a couple of deleted scenes, but one of them is like a comparison of before and after. Yeah. And there's not a lot of changes. It seems kind of... Just kind of like the different ways they did the scene kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's it. It's, uh, it's, you know, I think it's a really good Blu-ray disc. It's full of stuff. It's, it's pretty much what I'd want out of a 10th anniversary edition of a movie, you know. Um, and, you know, it's not been skimped on, let's say that. I mean, four commentaries. I guess a couple of things I would like to see on movies like this from movies like this and those people involved would be like if they were ever on like the director's studio or the actor's studio. Right. I know that sounds really... But those are some people and that's a guy. I like that guy and how he interviews people about... Because hmm. he kind of reveres, obviously, if they've done a movie that's been massively popular and then asks them sort of off-the-wall questions sometimes. And then maybe, you know, Charlie Rose always does a good... Uh, yeah, I, I, I like I've noticed more and more Charlie Rose interviews yeah. come in on Blu-ray discs. Because I feel like you get more... You get past all the promotional bullshit and the little little stories you get about when a movie was made and kind of... I don't know. I just like those. So yeah, this sure is this is, this is loaded with stuff though. Sure, I mean, sure. it's I think it's I've seen it for twenty bucks online as well, which for a Blu-ray disc is reasonable nowadays. I mean, yes, they should be cheaper, but twenty is like at the low end of, and it is a ca- catalog title, as they say. It's not a brand new release, but um, I think audio, picture quality, all good. Lots of extras, interesting menu. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you get a whole separate menu for the sound thing, and then you, you get do. a whole separate menu for the. And other an interesting thing. way it was. <laughs> what? I'm just saying. Yeah, and there's and that's an it. Also, <laughs> yeah, I like that. You know, well, you're not supposed to talk about. I'm it. not, but I'm saying I. You said. Oh, yeah, but not. you always hinted stuff. Just drop it. You were saying, oh, that's no. I I actually thought it was pretty funny. So I was trying to tell you to stop talking. So. um... Thanks to Fox for the uh, review copy. And uh, contest this week. There's three new contests up on the site, so you can go and check those out, Um Next week's movie will be The Inglorious Bastards, Blu-ray. Uh, sure. Next week uh, is next week Christmas for us. No. What's today's date? The 6th. What's 6 plus 7? <laughs> next, next weekend will be the 13th. No. It's the next weekend. Oh, okay. So next week we'll, we'll be mm-hmm. on normal schedule and we'll be, it'll be The Inglorious Bastards, um, which I'm excited about, and another Brad Pitt movie. Correct. Two in a row. So uh, let's see what we've got next. Movie recommendations. Uh, I'm going to go for two movie recommendations this week. I'm going to go for my Edward Norton pick, which would be American History X, which is brutal, difficult to watch, but compelling and 
uh, amazing performance. Probably the best performance I've seen him do. I mean, it's yeah, it's really tough. It'd be hard to watch it if you were him. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a brutal. Well, it's a brutal. Hour is pretty good too, but it's not as brutal. No, American History X is a brutal movie, though, isn't it? In every yeah, yeah. respect, it's tough to watch. I think it'd be tough to watch now, and I've already seen it. You know. True. Uh, and then my Brad Bradley William Pitt or whatever he's called um, choice would be California with a K, which I have mentioned before. It's a l- one of his. I mean, it's not one of his most well-known movies because it's. But it's got that crazy element. Yeah, he actually plays a crazy kind of Is it Juliet Lewis? Yeah, and David Duchovny. Right, right. And uh, Bradley Pitt. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, My favourite movie with Brad Brad Pitt is Babel, actually. I I think Babel's like a masterpiece. It's almost like a magnolia for me. It's right up on the... Yike. I mean, I think it's an amazing movie. It's epic, and it says a lot. It's just a real good movie. And I, I just like... I really like the split story. So are you adding Babel to your recommendations, officially? I'm just saying that was my favourite <laughs> Brad Pitt film. California is not my favourite Brad Pitt film, but I wanted to mention a more obscure one. So what are yours? Mine are uh, 12 Monkeys. Which we reviewed a few weeks because ago. Because it is, of course, watching this, you see Brad Pitt. In the, but the idea of the consumerism and how it like you know sucks us all in, and it's sort of the guiding force bet- for everything, and... It's a good kind of breaking down of that, and his you see reflections of the you know of who he is in both of them, and the other one is Thelma and Louise because it's another one that and now yeah I know it's extreme and it's a little bit over the top sometimes, but also highlights an idea of a society where he's not in Thelma and Louise thing. a lot though is he? Oh, I didn't even realize he was in it. Yeah, he is in Thelma and Louise, Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, no, I didn't do it for that reason. No, you didn't. I'm, no, no, well, I'm not because an idea in society, the consumerism is one thing, that you buy, 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 and you belong to all this, all these expectations. And the other one is women get treated like shit most of the time. And so... Uh, That's interesting that he's in there, though. It is. Because he's, like, really little. He's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, he's everywhere. He's in everything. So, yeah, there's our um, recommendations for this week. I think, you know, I'm thinking, what will I give for a recommendation next week when... Uh, after when Brad Everything Pitt's in the movie that Quentin Tarantino has anything yeah, to do. Yeah, pretty much. All right, anyway, uh, games and A-Scully stuff. This week, you can help me on this one probably because I did play one right in front of you and that was, well, the first game I played this week was Avatar, which is James Cameron's Avatar, which I'm actually excited to see that movie where most people are slagging it off already even though they haven't seen anything about it. I know, Jesus, and you listen to like shipwreck it's and all that. It's going to fail. It's, yeah. it's going to fail. Yeah, they don't know the anything. Do you know anything. They don't know anything about it. It's those like kind of obnoxious people who just like but anyway, I'm poison excited. everybody else. I like James Cameron. I like big epic special effects movies. I'm a sucker for them. I like stupid movies like Day After Tomorrow. And this is how it felt before we saw 10,000 BC. So you never know. Yeah. See, 10,000 BC appealed to me because oh my I liked God, it, it did, but then totally. it was bad when yeah. I watched it. But anyway, I like Day After Tomorrow and 2012, those kind of movies. But then there's the one that also we were excited about, The Core. Yeah. Armageddon <laughs> being one of my favorite, absolutely stupid, fun, fun time at the movies kind of, you know, mm-hmm. check your brain out, watch some stupid action. You yeah. know, action-packed. I really, I still like Armageddon to this day. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Avatar the Game. Now, I know nothing about the movie at all, apart from, like, a 
five second trailer that I saw, which showed me some blue pers- blue person, like an alien or something. And then I played the game, and the game takes place like I think it's like a couple of years before the movie, so it's not spoiling the movie in any way. In fact, it's just background information that might be helpful if you watch the movie about how everything gets to where it is when you watch the movie. Now, I've only played about an hour and a half of it, but I didn't like it at all, really. It, I said to you, I'm playing this, and it's cool. They've got Sigourney Weaver doing voice acting. They've got everything about Avatar. The graphics are cool. But the game is just kind of lame. Like It's like, go from one point to another, and somebody will tell you something, then go to another point, and somebody will tell you something. Mm. Like Grand Theft Auto. No, not at all, because <laughs> Grand Theft Auto, they give you something to do. Like, right? the people will... The story will unfold, and you will do things that... Are, this game, you don't do anything? This game, you it's like an, a World of Warcraft kind of deal, where this person tells you something, tells you to go to this other person, and in between you, the gameplay is, from going from this person to that person, you'll shoot some stuff. Just random animals that come at you and stuff. Right. You, that's it, really. I mean, I played a whole hour... Yeah, you don't know, though, do you, what's going to happen? Yeah, I do, because I've watched reviews of the entire game now. And that is pretty much what it is. It's kind of like an offline RPG, role, I mean, massively online RPG thing. Where you, you know, you play a human and an avatar. Um, I don't know what you're talking about, so I didn't really watch it, so. Well, the, <laughs> the basis of the movie. I don't know what an avatar is. I don't know why that's the name well, of the movie. Well, the, the, this doesn't spoil any, anything because it's like stuff you would know immediately in the movie. Because if they don't tell you in the movie... You... Oh, I don't want to know anything about the movie. Well, I'm talking about these people. You'll have to shut your ears then because... Well, I don't want to know anything. <laughs> no, it won't tell you anything about the movie. What, what I'm saying is... what an, I'm saying what an avatar is. So, so you've got real people, humans, me and you. And then you've got avatars, which are... Do you know, uh, it's kind of interesting because it's like a parallel to, you know, Assassin's Creed, when you lie on the animus and then you go into your mm. ancestor's body. Well, avatars are the same thing. You, a human lies on a bed thing, and then in the world is a big blue dude who is basically the human crank jacked into the bed, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you went and killed the human on the bed, that thing wouldn't exist anymore. That's what an avatar is. So you play as an avatar and as the human who is the avatar. And you play through the the story. And this takes place before the movie. So it being out three weeks before the movie doesn't spoil the movie. Because I always hate that. Because a lot of movie games, they bring them out three weeks before the movie comes out. And they are the story of the movie. So you'll buy it and play right. it, and then you'll be like, why, am I, why do I need to see the movie now? Because that was it, like Harry Potter. Because a lot of people are idiots and they don't care. Yeah. So they like to have everything laid out for I them. I don't 100% recommend the Avatar game, even though everything about it is actually pretty good. Like, it's production values and everything. It's not got bad graphics, they're actually really good. I just, I'm not compelled by the game. Maybe after I'd seen the movie, I'd want to come back and hmm. experience it more and knowing more of it. You know, you know one of those things like mm-hmm. I like to play Star Wars games now because I know Star Wars so well. Uh, any Star Wars game's interesting to me, even if it's yeah, yeah, even if it's bad. So, speaking of Star Wars and skipping over to Indiana Jones, what you said about Indiana, like Indiana Jones, Lego Indiana Jones Two, was not correct. 
our nephew confirmed. It is not the same game with a little something tagged on. Every level is actually different. You were very emphatic about this, that it's exactly the same, nothing is different except... No, I, no I watched the review to confirm this, and that was kind of half true, because... No, he said every level has something different, you do something now, a little bit what, different. what the review I watched confirmed was, yes, they changed some stuff, but they actually changed everything for the worse. No, that's not what he says. He says it's better. Right, well, I guess it's just opinion then, right? But, but because of because most the of the reviewer most said of the, it doesn't make No, sense. not just one review. Most of the reviews I've read say there's some of the mechanics in Lego games, which were cool, they took out and made it a little bit more simple. So? Well, I'm not saying <laughs> that's bad. I'm I saying mean, are you saying they're saying that's bad? Why would that be bad? Because, like, most of the meat of the gameplay they removed and made it, like, so much easier now, like, for kids. So this is, like, I don't know, jaded middle-aged men talking here. Or 20-something to 30-something. I don't know. So I don't value their opinion. I'm just saying. <laughs> but uh, I've not touched it, because I'm not really into them. They're a bit too... Even the Star Wars ones, I find them... It's fun! I watch him playing it, it's really funny. It's it isn't fun. to play it. Really. I mean, well, it depends how old you are, I guess. It's aimed I don't at certain... think it does. I think it would be something I would actually play if I could get the mechanics of that kind of game. Yeah, well, I, I, it's, I, it's, it's opinion, again. But um, for me, any of the LEGO games, they're alright. Like, it's it's almost like Avatar. I don't have a... Even if it was covering the thing that I love the most, like Star Wars, it still doesn't... It's not not enough of a You're a bit of a snob, then, about the mechanics I've of the game. I've played a lot of games, so I know what I like, and certain things are a little bit too simple for me, like, you know? So, that was Avatar. The second game, and this is one you did watch me play, was MX versus ATV Unleashed. Now, it's a funny game, really. So this is a motocross slash quad bike slash rally car slash simulating thing what would you say about this in one word boring I wouldn't say well even I might say it's a little bit boring (laughs) every single race was exactly the same there was nothing interesting at all I've watched you play racing games that I found interesting I could sit and watch you play some racing games this did nothing now problem I had with it was the bike was like that you're driving is really big on the screen. <laughs> now that might wouldn't apply. No, no, wouldn't bother you. But when you're playing it, now the bike's huge. Like it's a huge object. It's like almost as tall as the screen, and you know, big. It's a big bike. See, I think your perspective is. I don't think that's accurate because when I'm just watching it, it's just this skinny little thing. It's not. It's close skinny, to the but top. it's really so. And I play a lot of racing games, so it feels close up to you. Maybe that's what clo- seems something where you like your peripheral view where you when you're playing a racing game you obviously look at the road you don't look at the bike you look at the road ahead and you judge where the corners are and where to jump and where to turn now in this you can't see it because of the bike so well and I tried putting it in the first person view which is almost impossible not to peripheral peripherals to the side not you're peripheral. talking about straight ahead okay okay so the bike's kind of obscuring that mm-hmm. so when you get going really fast and this is a game of bumps and hills and you can't see a hill coming, and you hit one, and you go, crap, why didn't I know that was there? And that was the problem I was having. It's kind of weird. So, like, if you put it in the first-person view, it's, like, almost impossible to control, because there's all this weird camera bob where Ugh. you turn the steering wheel, you turn the 
not steering wheel and a bike. <laughs> Turn the handlebars and it kind of throws your view all over the place, which... So I didn't like it. It was... And this is a long pedigree of MX games that I've liked in the past, but this one, I don't know. It, it screamed generic motorbike game. Generic is a good And word. then there was this horrible music playing all the yeah. time, which was absolutely <laughs> like grating in my head. It was like... Death metal-ish. Or is that what it is? Maybe Whatever's it's cool these days. Whatever these... Like when when we talk about screaming, masculinity, the, the earlier, yeah. it's what people would assume is masculine music. It's like growling and I don't know what it is. Heavy metal of some kind, not heavy metal that I know, but Mm-mm. but it's playing incessantly all the time, and it's you want to kill yourself. Like pump you up. You're supposed to be I, drinking I Red like Bull and with Coke on. Yeah, like doing Coke and like drinking if, Red Bull. Like if this game was made like. Ten years ago, like, Linkin Park and Limp Biscuit would be playing in the background. It's yeah. whatever is the music. And you can't pick other music, can you? You can pick music, but it's all that music. I, no, I mean, look. you can't play your own music while you play. You could, you? you could, like, just hook up a Zune or whatever. No, I'm saying. In the game, you can't just... If you have music on your network with your Xbox 360, you can't just pick your own music. You can do that in music. any game. All right. But well, it then. overtakes the sound effects and all that. You know, it's not the same. You need the music in the game, right? If I go on the Xbox 360 and play some music, then the motorbike noises and stuff won't exist. I'll just be playing music. Why does that matter? Because you totally need audio in a game. It's like say, it's like watching a movie without any sound. I disagree completely. It's just sounds of motors. And plus that sound was really annoying. You can't. You have to know that. It's when, when your gears change and stuff, you have to have that sound. In a racing game, the noise of the engine is so important. Not in, There was no gear changing in that game. Yeah, there was. Just going there was five gears on those bikes. Yeah, but who, you know, so what? You just No, you need to know what gear you're in. Well, you don't play racing no, games. No, no, you just like go. Like, when I play Forza, if I turn the sound off, I wouldn't be able to judge it as well, the corners and stuff. I know what gear I'm in by the noise it's oh, making. Oh, see, that completely eludes me. I just put the pedal to the metal, and that's it. That's why you don't. I'm good at racing games. <laughs> you're right. Ah. Anyway, so those are the two I played this week. Uh played lots of Modern Warfare 2. More Modern Warfare 2 than these two games, to be honest. It's still amazing. Um, if you want to get a game for Christmas, Modern Warfare 2 over these two would be my... Uh... Now, this week's game coming on Tuesday is The Saboteur, which I'm really looking forward to. It's an open-world game, like um, Grand Theft Auto, set in World War 2. Um, you're a saboteur. And it's a game by Pandemic Studios, which have, interestingly enough, this game comes out on Tuesday. Last week they were given the marching orders from EA. EA bought them. Their game's underperformed, and now they've told them to get go. So Pandemic don't exist anymore. This is their final game. Um, so, you know, and they've made good games in the past. Mercenaries 2, which I loved. Mercenaries. Um, I think it's sad when a big conglomerate like EA gobble up a little studio which they did use them realize that chew them up and realize that they're not not really worth it yeah so and then ditch them now obviously they'll go on to do other stuff but they won't be pandemic anymore so this is pandemic's final game and it's a world war ii open world game vehicles missions it looks really cool actually so i'm looking forward to playing that on tuesday so that's games for this week great what have I got? Do I not get a little song or something? 
That's, it just says Sid Talk, so Sid Talk. Thank you, thank you. Uh, for what's for dinner? Uh, we would like to, talking of consumerism and uh, things flashing in front of your eyes and then you going to purchase particular items like a zombie, we were watching Food Network and Giada, whatever her name is, <laughs> was making these little toasts with tomato, mozzarella, and basil, a little caprese thing or whatever it's called. You said that looks fantastic. I said that looks fantastic. That's what we're having for dinner. And some spaghetti or pasta. I don't know what shape the mood noodles are going to don't be. really matter I don't think. no it doesn't matter um, and that's it some sauce and noodles and uh, I was going to talk about making stockings I have turned into an old lady over the week because <laughs> I sit now with my sweater wrapped around me with my little cloth stocking stocking in front of me stitching away I don't sew well right I stitch them together with yarn and it looks all like messy and stuff but I think it's the thought that counts I have a lot of extra material we're in talking my... about Christmas stockings correct. not women's stockings correct correct <laughs> correct if you're listening to this you know <laughs> 10 months from now it's Christmas uh-huh. season and I'm making hopefully many stockings I've made six so far and it's quite it's so relaxing I can't describe it's like drawing not as good as drawing because with drawing I'm I'm completely lost in it but you just you are doing the same thing over and over. Poke the needle in, pull it out. Poke the needle in, pull it out. Poke I've it sewn, but oh my god, it's just like you, at the end of it, you have a nice little gem to do something with. I just love it. Another thing we should mention on Sid Talk stuff, which we haven't mentioned on this podcast, is we put the Christmas decorations up. Correct. And you made a topper for the Christmas tree. I did. Yeah, I forgot. And you can probably tell. You describe it. Um, okay, there's a topper on the Christmas tree. It's made out of wire. You made it. It's an Xbox 360 controller. <laughs> and it's really good. Um, you can see pictures of it on Facebook, right? Or somewhere. Or my site, SidTalk.com. SidTalk.com, yeah. Have it a is look. A, it's kind of large. It's like a tilted wire outline of a game controller. And I was making it. I was sitting on the floor, and you kept coming in the room. And my our nephew was here, and he'd be like, door. And that meant he could hear you open the door down the hall, and I'd pull the lid over the top of it. And then you'd come in there, hey, what are you doing? You're standing around getting your drink of water, and I'm thinking, get out of here. I'm making you for surprise. I, I, so then later, you come down. I put it on the tree. I painted it three times to get it right. You came down the hall. You went in the kitchen. I'm like, did you see what I made? Yeah. Thing on the tree. Yeah, and it's cool. <laughs> like, yeah. like you don't let it give a shit. I was like, I just spent an hour and a half rubbing my thumbs on wire and twisting it around and having Austin show me the controller and be like, okay, now this one goes here and these th- these go here. And then you were just so cavalier about it, like, whatever. But now you're talking about it, so you must mm. like it. I like it. No, I was just being <laughs> funny. Come on. You'd post it on Facebook and I'd read it on Facebook before I even saw it. I didn't it. say what it was. I said I'm no. making a top of the tree. No, exactly. So that's why I was... Right. Being as though I didn't, as though <laughs> well, whatever. Anyway, anyway uh, that was very convincing. That, so that was our fun little Christmas. Actually, I was looking at the tree, thinking it's so short; it needs some height. So uh, it is out of proportion with the size of the tree. Little tree, big world. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Oh my God, you're funny. Um, and last night, someone at work, we were talking, and I mentioned chasing Amy, and he shook his head and rolled his eyes, and he said, that has got to be one of the worst movies I have ever seen. And I have this, like, visceral oh, hold response. On, hold on a second. Is the best movie he's ever seen, or one of the best movies he's ever seen, Catwoman by no, G? different person. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, but that's a good good question. What would I don't know this guy's favorite movie. Right. But he was shaking his head, worst movie I've ever seen. And I had this my instant reaction is like I just want to argue about it. I want to be like, what are you talking about? How can you not see? And then I said, you know, the thing is, I want to defend things that I love and I don't understand how somebody couldn't like it, and yet deep inside, I don't want you to like things I like. I don't want to belong to a bunch of people who all like the same shit. So that's told, another relevant yeah, fight club. Exactly, keep exactly. Back to that. Exactly. So it's like I want to defend it and and like bring him into my world to where he understands why it's good. And then I think I don't want you to think it's good because that's fine. It'll just be you know I'm the only person who can like. It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's just one of those things where when you really love a movie, like really love it, you. Do you have the same response when someone actually hates it? Do you is it in your mind where you're like, how can you? I don't understand how you cannot like it. Yeah, there are movies like that, aren't they? Like, like I, how, do I've you reco- not get it? I've recommended Magnolia to several people, <laughs> which I see as the best movie I've ever seen. I feel that it's on many different wavelengths the best movie I've ever seen. I've recommended it to several people who've told me that, that it was boring and too long. And I don't get it at all. Like I don't. I, yeah, because if you relive, I, and then I think, well, perhaps I'm just superior because I saw something. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. You know, that's how I feel. Superior. When yeah. I like something that someone else doesn't, I think they're just not smart enough. They don't get it, or whatever it is. And then when I dislike something that someone else likes, then my reasons for disliking it are obviously superior to their reasons. Correct. <laughs> so it's like I'm so egotistical. But then I said. I don't care if you don't like it. It's fine. You're a cold, heartless bastard. That's all that matters. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. So That's all I have to say. So, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, next week's show will actually be number 100. Woo! And what way to celebrate with a Quentin Tarantino movie. Ooh, ooh. So, uh, yeah, number 100 next week. Uh, I want to remind you about the website, sidtalk.com. I'm letting you have the first uh, date this week. Aschoolie.com. If you want to see the tree topper, go to sidtalk.com. You can catch us on Twitter.com, uh, Facebook.com, Xbox Live, YouTube Mini Reviews, which I don't think are... I've got four, three of them up there. Yeah, which I think you uh, are going to sort out, right? Yes. Um, and also, this podcast, go to ascully.com, A-S-C-U-L-L-Y.com, click on the word podcast and Zoom Marketplace, iTunes Music Store, RSS feeds are all there on that page, or you can just listen to it on the page. Which is really handy if you use tab browser like Firefox. Just listen to it while you're doing other stuff. Um, you can also email feedback to aschoolie at com or sidtalk at ihateyourguts.com <laughs> ihatepeopleemailingme.com and you can... Um, you paint such a pretty picture of me. I do. And you can uh, stay classy Tyler Durden. Nice. And I'm going to say, it's my catchphrase, it's my philosophy of life. Think for yourself. It's hard to do, and chances are I'm even delusional thinking that I'm thinking for myself, but if you don't try to think for yourself, someone else is going to design your life for you, and then you're going to die. <laughs>